Let's check out your headlines for today. To do that, we'll bring in Natalie Lovey from the 980 CFPL Newsroom. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Devin. Well, I can tell you where I will be at 2 p.m. today in front of a TV, possibly at a bar, watching Canada at the World Cup. Yeah, definitely a very exciting day for fans of the sport. The stage is set for Canada's long-awaited return to the FIFA World Cup. Canada plays Belgium in its first match at the World Cup in 36 years. We start the tournament against one of the best teams in the world. Belgium made the semifinals in 2018 and is currently second in the FIFA rankings. Canada's only prior trip to soccer showcase was a scoreless three-loss performance 36 years ago against France, Hungary, and the Soviet Union. Uh, Canada starts this World Cup with a lot of momentum. We won our qualifying group, finishing ahead of the U.S. and Mexico, two countries ranked higher than us. Canada is also fully healthy, something that can't be said for Belgium. The Belgians will be playing their first two games without their best goal scorer. To mark Canada's return to the World Cup, the BMO Centre on Rectory Street is hosting a free viewing party. CEO Tom Partalis told 980 CFPL, soccer's popularity is growing rapidly and Canada's appearance on the World stage will help inspire future generations. The BMO Centre isn't the only place you can watch the game. The Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario announced bars will be allowed to begin serving as early as 7 in the morning for the duration of the World Cup since it's being played in Qatar. Billy Thompson owns the Scots Corner Pub on Dundas Street and told 980 CFPL it's added bonus or it's an added bonus rather for soccer fans. Today's match between Canada and Belgium starts at 2 o'clock this afternoon. The pressures on our healthcare system right now are immense, and that's evidenced by a really frustrating story out of Vaughan. Yeah, absolutely heartbreaking. A Woodbridge woman is speaking out after she and her four-year-old child who has Down syndrome spent about 40 hours in an emergency room after coming down with a serious respiratory illness. The woman says she called 911 at 2.30 a.m. on November 9th after her daughter's fever got worse and she started to vomit. The pair were transported to uh, Vaughan Hospital, a new facility that opened to patients in 2021. Now, the hospital has said in recent weeks it's been grappling with an influx of sicker patients, which has resulted in it operating at overcapacity, particularly in the pediatric unit. The woman says it wasn't until 6 p.m. on November 10th, about 40 hours after she first called 911, that the family was transferred to a bed in the general ward of the hospital. On Tuesday, London's Children's Hospital at the London Health Sciences Centre announced it would be cancelling some surgeries as it continues to combat a rise in patients. The Children's Hospital is now reporting occupancy levels at 115%, exceeding rates recorded at the height of the pandemic. Daily visits to the ER are also 80% higher than normal, with wait times averaging six to eight hours. All but emergency surgeries are experiencing pushbacks, as officials said they've started informing children and their families about delays. Last week, the LHSC said more people have been arriving at the hospital with viruses due to the early arrival of cold and flu season. That's frustrating, and so is this. Someone in London has been charged with trying to steal items from a cemetery. Yeah, London police say they've charged a man after he allegedly tried to steal vases and plaques uh, from a cemetery. Uh, Officers 
or tried to sell them after stealing them from the cemetery. Officers say it was on Thursday of last week a suspect went to a recycling company and tried to sell a number of brass items. However, staff at the company were aware of a recent theft at a cemetery on Victoria Street, where officials reported 43 flower vases and a number of plaques had been swiped. Staff at the recycling company called police, who confirmed with the uh, cemetery that the items were the same ones that had been stolen. As a result of the investigation, a 35-year-old London man has been charged with possession of property obtained by crime exceeding $5,000. He'll appear in court in January to answer to the charge. And stop me if you've heard this before, but apparently there is a Christmas tree shortage. Yeah, not very merry news at all. Christmas tree growers across the country say that demand is outpacing supply once again this year, leading to a rise in prices and a shortage of inventory, with many predicting they'll need to close their farms early. The reason for the shortage can be traced back as far as the 2008 financial crisis, when Christmas tree farms did not expand as much as they otherwise would have to keep up with rising demand. The pandemic also led to higher demand for Christmas trees because people were spending so much time at home and with family. The high demand for trees, along with rising costs of living, including gas prices, will all have an effect on the price of Christmas trees this year, which are expected to be up 10% or more. This after a similar shortage that also pushed up prices at the outset of the pandemic. Well, let's check out what happened on this day in history. In 1809, following the first piracy trial in Canada, Edward Jordan was hanged for piracy and murder in Halifax. In 1815, Canada's first street lamps fueled by whale oil were installed in Montreal. In 1910, the first criminal thought to be brought to justice by the use of radio was hanged at London's Pentonville Prison. This is the other London, of course. Holly Harvey Crippen, an American-born physician, murdered his wife after falling in love with a receptionist. The pair sailed to Canada with the mistress disguised as a young man, but the vessel's captain became suspicious and radioed for detectives to intercept the ship. The pair were arrested in Montreal. In 1921, U.S. President Warren Harding signed a law prohibiting the consumption of beer. In 1947, Jerusalem's Hebrew University first received word of the existence of the Dead Sea Scrolls. The documents, dating between 200 B.C. and 70 A.D., had been accidentally discovered the previous winter by two Bedouin shepherds. In 1960, George Trevallo regained the Canadian heavyweight title by defeating Bob Clarou. In 1963, U.S. President Lyndon Johnson proclaimed November 25th a day of national mourning following the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. In 1975, the Grey Cup game was played on the prairies for the first time. The Edmonton Eskimos etched the Montreal Alouettes 9-8 on a bitterly cold day at Calgary's McMahon Stadium. In 1980, uh, sorry, 1998, the Saskatchewan Court of Appeal overturned Robert Latimer's sentence two years less than a day in the killing of his disabled daughter and sentenced him to life in prison with no chance of parole for 10 years. Then in 2001, the Supreme Court of Canada upheld the decision. He started serving day parole in 2008 and was granted full parole in 2010. In 2011, police in Toronto, Vancouver and Ottawa shut down Occupy protest camps deemed illegal and already removed. All protests ended largely without incident. Also in 2020, after weeks of delay, the U.S. government finally acknowledged that President-elect Joe Biden was the apparent winner of the November 3rd election, clearing the way for cooperation on a transition of power. Celebrating a birthday, today we have comedian Bruce Valanche turns seven. 
74. Bruce Arn- Hornsby is 68. Uh, Chris Hardwick, comedian, is 51. Nicole Snooky Pelosi is 35. And Miley Cyrus turns 30. Quite the collection of birthdays.